ABGC, Season 2, Episode 6, Stories. Parker takes a deep breath and a calm stance. He begins to regale the creatures with his tail. A very long time ago, our homeworld, called Earth, was subjected to a very deadly illness. At first, we thought it was a weapon engineered by one of the powerful and advanced tribes on our planet. But it killed members of all tribes, one after another. No one was benefiting from its existence. We had many advanced technologies, but nothing that could save us from this illness. Eventually, it was decided that the only way to survive was for those that were not infected to leave the planet. We launched 24 science ships from Earth into the stars in hopes of preserving our species and finding a cure. Each ship had a special complement of various plants, animals, or insects from our home planet for the computer to analyze while we slept in space. Unfortunately, the first seven ships crashed during their takeoff. Six more ships went adrift a few weeks after launch. They had been contaminated by the illness that somehow found its way on board, killing everyone inside. Eleven ships remained. We started spreading further apart, exploring and sharing information, trying to find a cure. At least, that was the plan for a while, but no real progress was ever made. We were not particularly hopeful to begin with on our ship. It was called the I-20. The I stands for Insect Research, and it was the 20th ship to launch. Insects aren't much like humans, our species, so a cure from insects was unlikely. It was really the mammal research ships that were most promising. So, you can imagine how discouraging it was when we lost contact with our closest sister ship, the M-19. It was a mammal research ship and the 19th ship to launch. We have been looking for it ever since. Now we have found it here on your planet. Then, we find out that your daughter can cure the illness that plagues our homeworld. We have no intention of harming her. We are trying to protect her with just a few drops of blood and, and a few pieces of hair, or, I mean, fur. We could cook up a cure and finally go home. Skyla looks softly at him with her eyes. So if I give you some fur, you will take this thing out of my butt? 
Parker chuckles. Oh, yeah, sorry about that. Uh, it helped me find you, is all it's for. In fact, if you will permit me to remove it, that should provide enough of a sample just on its own. Skyla looks at Alpha Kaiden for permission. Alpha Kaiden responds, I do not understand what computer ships are, but if removing the blinking light from my daughter will also make your sick ones better, I see no reason not to proceed. Parker pulls out a small device and attaches it to the beacon. The beacon immediately deactivates and collapses its small hooks so that it can be easily backed out. Ouch, Skyla says. Parker places the beacon in a small storage compartment in his suit. Alpha Kaiden addresses him once again. So how much do you know about the Shadowcasters? Alpha Paw stands up now and is upset. Oh, give it a rest already. Don't you get it yet? The Learning Cave is his crashed ship. It doesn't know anything about the Shadowcasters because the Learning Cave is from someplace completely different and very far away. These boys didn't tamper with it. They didn't break your precious laws and we didn't send the Shadowcasters after you. Alpha Kaiden looks stern but confused for a moment and quickly returns to his verbal attack. Then why is it you are the only tribe that hasn't been attacked by the Shadowcasters? The chilling sound of the Warhorn can be heard from the Rockade once again. Everyone turns and looks toward the Rockade and the sky above it. An enormous figure blocks out the sun above, casting a shadow over the entire village, and then some. Everyone panics and scrambles in different directions. The Enuk run for the base of the rockade. Parker struggles to get his helmet secured. It proves to be futile. The awe-inspiring beast is already upon them all. The godflow crouch and take a snarling attack stance, but not before... The Oladamra guards make a full-out stampede toward the monster. They charge toward the giant beast as it begins to land. The giant shadowcaster folds its wings and lands at the edge of the village. With such force, it overturns all who stand outside. With the exception of the Oladamra guards, which are still chanting and charging forward towards the large beast. With a casual, almost effortless inhale, the Shadowcaster releases an intense flame that envelops all the Oladamra at once. The Godflow stare, their jaws now drop. The flame continues on. The Takagrals stare with wide eyes in amazement and fear. The flame continues on. The Enuk look on in amazement. The flame continues still. The flame is still going. The tribe folk begin looking at each other. 
the flame remains constant for several more moments before backdrafting into a light cloud of smoke. As the smoke clears, it becomes obvious that only the armor plating of the Oladamra guards remain. The armor cracks and sizzles as it rocks back and forth, coming to its final resting place in the dirt. The entire village just stares in disbelief. The smoke trail slowly dissipates from the enormous Shadowcaster's nostrils. The Shadowcaster scans the crowd before him, from right to left, looking for a reaction. He gets none, just blank stares, gaping mouths, and the occasional blink is all he gets in return. Rot yells from a distance once again, Don't worry, they weren't very talented anyway. Everyone turns their head to look at Rot, the eyes of the Shadowcaster give a determined stare in Rot's direction, and then changes targets, turning his head toward the dead Shadowcaster near the rockade. This enormous Shadowcaster speaks with a voice so powerful it shakes the very core of all in the village. Rathakar states, Why have you killed my kin? Parker slowly approaches, hesitantly, Helmet in hand. Uh, I am responsible for that, Parker says. My people are very sick, and one of these tribe creatures can help us. I meant no disrespect, but she won't be much good to us if she is on fire. I was just trying to protect her, defend her from the dreg- uh, I mean, Shadowcaster's attack. The large Shadowcaster leans down and gets his gargantuan nostrils next to Parker. He inhales deeply, then exhales forcefully. So forcefully, in fact, that Parker begins to stumble backwards just a bit. He likely would have fallen completely over had the suit's legs not locked to prevent it. The large Shadowcaster speaks. It has been a long time since a Shadowcaster, as you call it, has died on this world. You must be a very powerful race, Parker responds. My name is Parker, and I would like very much to avoid any further combat, if that is okay with you. The Shadowcaster gives off a low grumble and closes his eyes for just a moment. He then speaks. My name is Rathakar, and I am afraid much of this is my fault. Skyla runs up next to Parker and shouts toward Rathakar, Wait, why have you been killing all of us? Alpha Kaiden runs up to Parker and Skyla as well and shouts toward Rathakar. Why have you been working with the Godflow? Alpha Paw walks calmly up toward Rathakar and speaks as well. How come I've never seen any of you before? 
Parker holds up his arms, helmet still in hand, to police their activities and get them to stop interrupting. Hold on. Why is all of this your fault? He says to the large beast. Rathakar takes a few steps around the perimeter of the village, shaking all, until he reaches the lookout tower. He leans over and pulls the tower clean out of the ground with his mouth and carries it back, setting it on the ground horizontally in front of everyone. Get on, and I will show you, Rathakar says. Alphapaw gets a bit of a grin on his face and says, Oh, I have got to see this. Not to be outdone, Alpha Kaiden finds a spot upon the X-crossed wood-shaped structure as well. A few dozen more follow, and before long the structure is full of critters. Rathakar takes hold of the structure in his front claws, and then leaps into the air and spreads his enormous wings. Alpha Paw has a wild grin on his face as they leave the village. Scene. External. The Learning Cave. Late Afternoon. Rathakar soars toward the Learning Cave. From the air, the large hill in which the spaceship is embedded appears to be out of place in the otherwise sloping valley. Smiles of amazement can be seen on all the tribes as they ride the wind and experience their world like they never have before. Rathakar passes the learning cave and circles around heading back toward it. From the rear, it becomes clear the hill is not naturally smooth. Giant claw prints are embedded into the sides of the hill. Everyone takes notice and points at them as they cruise by. Rathakar finishes his circle, descends, and brings the horizontal lookout tower to rest in front of the learning cave. He speaks. The answers to all of your questions begin here. Let me tell you the story of our kind. The tribes all sit down and listen with great curiosity and respect. <laughs> 